If you stand for nothing, then you end up falling for everything. The great thing about a rhythm and a plan and a cadence and a commitment is that your commitment doesn't care about your feelings. Well, hey there, if we haven't yet met, my name's Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. If you're new to this podcast, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they are created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. That's our mission at Path for Growth, and this podcast is just another iteration of that mission coming to life for impact-driven leaders. And today we've got a content episode that's going to be a lot of information presented at a pretty fast pace. So I want to let you know that that's why we create PDFs to accompany these episodes, because we want to give you something that you can walk your team through or that you can reflect on. And so if you want to download that PDF, we've put the link to that in the show notes of this episode. And because this is such a content-heavy episode, we're including questions on that PDF that will really push you towards evaluation for how you're doing within this arena of what we're going to be talking about today, but then also application, how you can actually start bringing it to life in your organization and for your team. And so today, we're going to start with a very bold claim, a pretty audacious claim, and that's that every business owner regardless of size of business, regardless of stage of business, regardless how long you've been in business, can lead a value-based business by intentionally applying themselves to four actions. I really, really believe this. And so this entire episode, this entire lesson today is going to support that claim that you as a leader can, without a shadow of a doubt, lead a value-based business. Now, what I want you to know before we jump into this topic is that there is absolutely a difference between having values and being based on values. Remember, I'm not teaching you just how to have values today because the fact that you have values really doesn't mean that much. The existence of values really makes zero difference. Now, the application of values makes all the difference. That's why we're going to focus on verbs today. We're going to focus on actions because we don't just want you to have values. We want your business. We want your organization. We want your team. We want your decisions to be based on the values that you intentionally establish. And so before we jump into the four actions and really start to unpack the content, I want to just establish for everyone and get us all on the same page, what are core values? Well, Core values are immovable principles that answer the question, what do we stand for? Again, they answer the question as an organization, as a team, as a business, what do we stand for? And we've all heard that line that if you stand for nothing, you fall for everything. Isn't that so true? If you stand for nothing, then you end up falling for everything. Put another way, this is who you are as an organization. This is your line in the sand that you draw as a leader. One of the businesses that I get to work with for Path for Growth is led by an unbelievable leader named Amber Williams, and she just has this incredible uh, capacity for putting words to concepts that really make them come to life. And what she says about values is that these have to be the things that because you live by them, you're proud to make money, but they're also the things that because you live by them, you're willing to lose money. 
because these are the things that you stand for. They are immovable. But then also beyond just being the immovable principles that you stand for, beyond being your line in the sand, they're also the boundaries that empower your team to act aggressively. I can't tell you how often I coincide with leaders that they say, oh, I just want my team members to care as much as I do. I just want them to act like owners. I want them to take action. And what they're really saying is I want them to act aggressively. I don't want them to sit around and ask for permission about whether or not they can do something. But a lot of the times, whenever I coincide with those leaders and with those organizations, it's clear that the leader... And the leadership team did not do the hard work of establishing, okay, these are the boundaries within which you never have to ask for permission. Values are a powerful thing for scaling an organization because they clarify for your team, this is who we are. And if you clarify that and then pair it with a compelling why, why do we exist? That's your mission. And then also a vision for where you're going. Well, then suddenly people can start to make decisions on their own. And whenever they can make decisions on their own, they can start to take action on their own. So they're the immovable principles that answer what do we stand for. But then they're also the boundaries that empower your team to act aggressively. And then finally, the values really are the heart and soul of an organization. We've all heard that verse in the Bible that says, what does it profit a man to gain the world but lose his soul? I would ask the same question about your business. What does it profit a business to gain the world and lose its soul? One of the things that we talked about in the episode where we described how to create an expansionary vision was the fact that you have to be crystal clear about defining your non-negotiables, about clarifying the lines that you're not willing to cross in route to an audacious vision. Because if you only establish a compelling vision, if you only establish the BHAG, if you only establish the long-term goal, but don't also establish the rules and the values that you are going to hold yourself and your team accountable to, that is not leadership. That is recklessness. Your vision has to be moderated by your mission and values because that is who you are and that is what you stand for. Don't set out to gain the world and in doing so, lose your soul. Make sure that you have words, that you have language for saying this is the soul of the organization that we are not willing to sacrifice for growth because just because you're growing doesn't mean you're healthy. Again, remember that. Just because your business is growing doesn't mean you're healthy. So you establish values to preserve the health and the vitality of your business. Okay, so we said that your values are the immovable principles that answer what do we stand for. We said that they're the boundaries which empower your team to act aggressively and make decisions. And then finally, the values are the soul of your organization. So now let's jump into the actions for having a value-based business. Now, remember, there's a difference between values existing and values being used and leveraged. And we're going to talk about leveraging them today. So the four actions that we're going to walk you through, and again, this is on the PDF with application questions. Number one, establish your values specifically. Then we're going to communicate your values rhythmically. After that, we're going to use your values intentionally. And then finally, we're going to refuse to be a hypocrite. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be pretty direct in that last one. So buckle up and get ready. So let's jump in. Establish your values specifically is number one. Here's the deal. Too often, 
I walk into organizations and I have conversations with leaders where they tell me, oh yeah, we've got values that we have and we also even use them some, but their values don't tell me anything about their organization. Their values tell me everything about every organization. Don't tell me what everyone stands for. Tell me what you stand for. And here's what I mean by this. When people say, oh, our values are value, service, quality, and integrity. (laughs) I'm calling some of you out right now. Number one, I get it. And I love that you've done the hard work of saying we want to stand for something. That's good. But theoretically, isn't that what every business should stand for? These are what Pat Lencioni would call permission to play values. And while they're good and while they're maybe even necessary, they're also kind of the price of admission. And so what we need to think about is what are the things that we are more committed to? What are the things that make us unique? I heard someone say, what is your flavor of weird within your organization? Because everyone can stand for integrity and integrity can be such a big and broad word that it becomes so diluted because integrity is on the wall everywhere. Get this, integrity was on the wall at Enron. Think about that for a second. But people walked right past it because it's also on the wall everywhere else. So we don't just want to know what everyone stands for. We want to know what you stand for specifically. And so, yes, integrity may be one of the things that you stand for. But what is the specific language that conveys that value that means something to you? Because this is a principle that I want you to hear. Language creates culture. Again, language creates culture. So don't just say we stand for integrity. Use language that stands out for you. One of my personal core values is that I am going to relentlessly do the right thing. Now, there's a lot of emotion wrapped into that phrase for me. It means something to me. Now, to the average bystander, it might mean the same thing as integrity, but it means something specifically to me. And so you've either got to imbue value into the words that you have to where people can literally have an emotional reaction to quality and service and value and integrity or say, okay, we're going to use language that will create culture that defines who we are. I want to give you some examples from teams that I've worked with that really, really went out of their way to do this. There's a team that I work with that they said, well, we want people to have a positive attitude. So they said, we're not just going to put positive attitude on the wall. What could we say? What could we do to really encourage people to show up and really have energy? And they said, bring the joy. That conveys something different than just positive attitude, right? Their value could have been positive attitude, but they knew that language created culture. And so they went above and beyond to communicate specifically what they were looking for. There's another team that I worked with that they were really committed uh, to marketplace disruption and to making sure that they never become complacent because they're in a rapidly changing industry. And so guess what their value became? Don't be blockbuster. (laughs) I love that because blockbuster is literally the greatest example of people that couldn't change and therefore they no longer exist. And this team said, whatever we do, we don't want to be that What a brilliant core value, because it's not just saying always be changing. That's lame. Say, don't be blockbuster. And if someone says, oh, well, we've always done it this way. So why don't we just keep doing it this way? Literally in a meeting room, someone can point out and say, don't be blockbuster. Don't you do that. I have another client that one of her values is that she wants her team to be a cut above. 
Her standards are unbelievably high, especially for the creative work that her and her team do. And so the way that she communicates those standards is not just, oh, our value is high standards. No, that that sucks. Everyone has a value of high standards. She says, remember, one of the things we stand for is that we are a cut above. One of my favorite ones that really illustrates this principle is actually our podcast director, Zach, works for a team out in California, and they focused really, really deliberately on having a value that conveyed that they wanted their team members to be flexible. They wanted them to be agile. They wanted them to be adaptable. And so you know that that cartoon character, Gumby, that's like literally like Mr. Flexible. He can stretch and bend. He's a green dude. They established the core value of Semper Gumby. I I love it so much. But again, a team can, number one, remember that value, but it can also rally around that value. And they can point at someone that's being flexible and they can say Semper Gumby. And they can point at someone that's not being flexible and they can say Semper Gumby. Don't you forget, we stand for flexibility. That's what I'm talking about whenever we say establish your values specifically because language creates culture. So don't just tell me what everyone stands for. Let's put language to what specifically you stand for. This is step number one to having a value-based business. Now, if you want to have values but not use them, don't worry about this step. Seriously, we're talking about building and leading a value-based business. So if you just want to not use your values and not not have them stick and not have them exemplify specifically what you're looking for in your organization, if you just want them to be general and broad and to be there, but to not really be used, don't worry about this. But to the degree that you actually want to base your business on your values, you should be about the business of saying, let's take the time to really establish our values specifically because language creates culture. Let's move to number two now. Once we establish our values specifically, we're going to communicate about the values regularly. This is a commitment. We're going to communicate about the values rhythmically. Now, I used that word rhythmically very intentionally because rhythm implies cadence. Rhythm implies consistency. It's so easy for us to establish core values, use them for three weeks, and then look up and realize we haven't talked about them for the remainder of the year. It drives me crazy. This is why whenever we do a core values intensive with people, we say, okay, let's establish the rhythm for consistently and rhythmically communicating about these values. Because if you're going to run a value-based organization, it demands one powerful thing. It demands it demands commitment from the owner. It demands commitment from everyone on the leadership team. And I take that word commitment very seriously. One of my favorite books that I've read in the past couple of years is a book called The Second Mountain by David Brooks. And it's not an organizational leadership book, but I think it applies to really the heart of what we're talking about here because the way that he defines commitment is so powerful. He says that commitment is whenever you fall in love with something so much that you put structure around it for the times when you no longer feel in love with it. We said that the values represent the soul of your organization. If that is true and you've done a good job of establishing them specifically, then wouldn't it make sense 
to say, we're going to rhythmically communicate them. We're going to put a plan together. We're going to have a cadence of communication to make sure that we never lose these. And the great thing about a rhythm and a plan and a cadence and a commitment is that your commitment doesn't care about your feelings. Because there will be days where it shows up on your calendar that, oh, I'm supposed to talk to the team about this core value today, and I'm just not feeling it. Well, guess what? Your commitment doesn't care about your feelings. Oh, it's just not really convenient today. Well, guess what? It's on the calendar, and your calendar doesn't care about your feelings. If you're going to run a value-based organization, this has to be something that you do rhythmically. You have to communicate about them. You have to share them. You have to deliberately and passionately tell the team about why these values matter and why they're worth standing for. Because Andy Stanley talks about it, vision leaks, and I would say culture leaks as well. It leaks out of the organization. And if you are not what Pat Lencioni calls the chief repeating officer, you have abdicated your responsibility as a leader. So now I want to give you something really practical on how you can do this. This is something that we actually just walked people in the Path for Growth community through. And it's really, really helpful just to start creating the way that you're going to communicate about your core values. So once you establish your values specifically, then we said we're going to communicate about our values rhythmically. And almost inevitably, the next question people have is, okay, well, like, what do I say? Like, I I don't know if I've got 10 minutes once a week to talk about them or if I've got 20 minutes once a month to talk to about them, like after three or four months, like, what do I talk about? Here's what I want you to do. This is something that I learned from doing podcast interviews with guys like Seth Godin and John Maxwell and Dave Ramsey. After a while of talking to those guys, some of the greatest communicators in the world, one of the things that I realized was that it's almost like they have a filing cabinet in their brain. <laughs> I, I know this sounds weird, but just go with me for a second. I realized this whenever once I was talking to Seth Godin and it was like I would say the word vision and out of his brain, he would pull the file on vision. And within that file, he would have a bunch of stories. He would have a bunch of case studies. He would have a bunch of examples. He would have a bunch of teaching points. Wouldn't it behoove us as leaders to do the same thing with the things that matter most in our organization? So I'm not telling you you need to have a filing cabinet in your brain for every topic about business and leadership, but for the things that you stand for as an organization, wouldn't it be awesome just for you to take some time, and this is what we're including in the PDF for you to walk through, to just establish, okay, what's the value, number one, specifically, what's the value? And then the second question is, what is one story of how we've exemplified this, and what is one teaching principle that I could tell about this? So I'll give you an example here at Path for Growth. One of our core values is that we want to be alignment focused. And this is the story that I always think of whenever I think of that story of being alignment focused. I was at a conference and I realized that there were two specific communicators out of all the wonderful communicators. There were two specific ones that the room listened to closer. They leaned in and the, and it was almost like the dynamic and the tone of the room changed and the, the laughing moments were bigger. The energy in the room was brighter. People were focused more intently. And what was crazy is that these two individuals, they weren't better communicators Some of them, some of the other communicators might have actually been more polished, but here's what stands out about these two communicators. Now, I sat back and I thought about why they had the effect, why they had the impact that they did. And I said, it's because they both exemplify what it looks like to live 
the message that you give. Again, they exemplify what it looks like to live the message that you give. And I realized in that moment that their power comes from their alignment. So anytime I bring up the value of being alignment focused with our team at Path for Growth, that's going to be a story that I pull out of the filing cabinet in my head where I tell them the story of sitting in that conference and having that realization. This is something that you can absolutely do as a leader, but you have to first establish what the value is. And then you have to think about, okay, what's a story or what's a teaching point or what's a talking point related to this value and start building that bank, start building that vault, start building that file cabinet of how you're going to communicate rhythmically about these values. So we said, we're going to establish them specifically. We said, we're going to communicate about them rhythmically, and then we're going to use them intentionally. You've got to become a professional and your leaders have to become a professional at using the phrase, one of the things we stand for is dot, dot, dot. One of the things we stand for is Semper Gumby. One of the things we stand for is unquestioned passion. One of the things we stand for is that we are alignment focused. One of the things we stand for is that our standard is a cut above right? You need to become a professional at saying, Hey, this is the thing that we specifically stand for. And then here's how you follow that up. One of the things we stand for is that our standard is a cut above. And -and so-and-so absolutely exemplified that on this project when they did blank. I want you to focus on not just rewarding people generally. I want you to reward and compliment and create a culture of recognition in your organization that is specifically related to the values that you have established. I saw this displayed so perfectly at Ramsey Solutions. They have core value trophies that they give out at Christmas time. What a brilliant way to specifically reward someone living out a value in the team that they are in. So don't reward generally, reward specifically because this is what it looks like to use your values intentionally. But then there's a flip side of this. Don't course correct people generally, course correct specifically. One of the things we stand for is that our standard is a cut above. And quite frankly, you miss the deadline and then there were typos in your work and that doesn't line up with our standard. Hey, one of the things that we stand for is Simper Gumby and we joke about it, but it means that we want people to be flexible. And lately you've been like a stick in the mud and you're not willing to change. And and that's not okay because that's not us. This is who we are. And to the degree that you are not these things, you are not us. Seth Godin says, people like us do things like this. So this is part of using your values intentionally as well, that whenever you have a course correction conversation, you have to be willing to bring the language of the values into the conversation because language creates culture. But language also works If you work it, because what you will start to see if you're doing this right is you will start to see the ripple effect of you using this language because you're rewarding people, but also because you're correcting people and giving people feedback based on the values, you will start to see it have ramifications and you will start to see that language being used throughout the organization. Fascinating how this works, but that's what culture actually is. So let's review real quick. We said we're going to establish your values specifically. We're going to communicate about your values regularly. We're going to use your values intentionally. And then finally, I'm going to challenge you. Refuse, refuse, refuse to be a hypocrite. I care about this one a lot. 
because it would be better to not establish values than to establish them but not live by them. And the minute you say we're drawing a line in the sand and you say we're going to start living by these things today and we're going to start holding ourselves accountable to these things today and we're going to stand for these things starting today, the minute you say that as a leader, the entire team is looking at you with one question in their head. Are they serious? And if you are the leader, which I would argue isn't a leader at all, and if you are the individual that establishes values but then chooses not to live by them because it makes them uncomfortable or it's inconvenient, you are not leading people. If you want to run a value-based organization, then you've got to be willing to up the ante and say, we're going to live by these things. And here's how that so often plays out is inevitably you're going to roll these things out and you're going to communicate this higher standard to the team. And you're going to say, hey, this is what we stand for specifically. And then without a shadow of a doubt, one day, and oftentimes it happens pretty quick, you will have someone that deviates from that standard. And you may warn them and you may say, hey, remember, this is something that we stand for, but then it won't work because they've established a pattern of living out of alignment with those values. But too often, I've seen leaders ignore that person because they were a high performer and they allow them to continue on with the pattern of living out of alignment with the thing the organization supposedly stands for. And in that moment, something really powerful happens. The leadership and the organization lose all credibility because you're waving a giant flag saying we are hypocrites. And that will create extreme internal dissonance in the organization. It will create extreme internal dissonance in yourself. And it will create a toxic environment because the thing you say you stand for isn't coming to life. So I'm trying to offer you some help here. I'm trying to really serve you in this way by saying that if you don't want to live by these things, if you don't want to make bold decisions based on these things, if you don't actually want to stand for these things, then don't establish them. But if you do establish them, hold yourself to the standard of living by the things that you say you believe in. This is part of leadership because if you stand for nothing, you fall for everything. So you have to draw a line in the sand for yourself, but you also have to do this for your leadership team that you absolutely irrefutably refuse to be a hypocrite and that you will hold people accountable to the values you have established. Now, that can be a pretty intense way to end this conversation. So I want to take us back to where we started. That if you create these immovable principles, what will it actually do? It will establish the boundaries that empower your team to act aggressively because they know that they get to work for an organization that stands for something. That they are led by people that believe in something bigger than individual performance. That they get to be a part of something that they don't have to look for people cutting them off or stabbing them in the back or talking about them whenever they're not around. That they work for an organization that is value-based. And that is one of the things that will absolutely set your company apart. So yes, it's work. It's hard work. We talked about four actions today that are incredibly difficult and they're also perpetual. They never end, but they are so unbelievably worth it. 
Again, all of this along with application questions is in the PDF. So take some time to download that and check that out. Also, I want to let you know that one of the things we offer at Path for Growth is a values intensive where we walk you and any key stakeholders you have in the room through a proven process and a proven framework for really identifying and understanding what are our core values and then create a plan of action for bringing them to life within your team. If that's the stage that you're at right now and that's something you'd be interested in having a conversation about, I'd love to talk to you. And again, we can schedule a conversation to see if that would be right for you. Hey, thanks so much for your time. Thanks so much for your energy. Know that we are rooting for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.